Welcome to the Top Business Leaders Podcast. You'll learn how successful people just like you have grown their businesses, expanded their influence, and made money by writing a book. On each episode, you'll learn the inside secrets to help you create a book that can serve as a powerful marketing tool to skyrocket your business. I'm your host, Dan Janelle. I help thought leaders, business executives, and entrepreneurs write their books. To find out more and to download our show notes, go to topbusinessleaders.com. Today, I am honored to have my good friend, David Newman, as our guest. Welcome, hey, David. Dan. Great to be here. Fantastic. David, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Sure. So I started my entrepreneurial career back at the end of 2001, beginning of 2002, made every mistake in the book. At this time, uh, 2003, 2004 is when I made the, one of the first smart decisions ever, which is to connect with Dan Janelle and to sign up for PR leads. And so that's how Dan and I got initially connected. And I was a subscriber. I was a listener to his teleseminars back then, back in the dark old days of teleseminar recordings. And uh, I was building my business as a generic speaker, trainer, consultant. And of course, when you build your business as a generic anything, it's not very successful. So I finally decided around 2006 to stop doing the jack of all trades, master of none type of business focusing on what I loved and what my clients thought I was pretty good at, which is the marketing, sales, and business development stuff. I left, I let everything else go, and I really hung out my shingle as a uh, coach and speaker and marketer for other thought-leading executives and entrepreneurs, people with something to say or something to sell, meaning trainers, speakers, coaches, consultants, business book authors, etc. And then I've just scaled my business through a variety of things. I went from individual coaching to group coaching, from group coaching to online courses, from online courses to high-fee mentoring programs, and everything with an eye towards getting better client results. And I think that's very important for every author and every would-be author. Uh, Is your book, is your thought leadership platform genuinely valuable to your prospect? If yes, you pass go, you collect $200. If not, I think you have to rethink everything that you're doing with client results and client outcomes top of mind. That's a great introduction, David. You're really client focused. You mentioned that you write books. Tell us about why you decided to write a book and how it has helped you in your career. I have written eight self-published books, one minor league published book, which was HRD Press, And uh, my first traditionally published book, what came out in 2013, it's called Do It Marketing. My second traditionally published book is called Do It Speaking, and that's coming out in January of 2020. Uh, Having done all different aspects of this, again, just like my entrepreneurial career, my book publishing career has been spotty and made every mistake in the book, hit every brick wall, hit every dead end. Initially, I thought... You had to have a book to be a speaker. You had to have a book. And that's our colleagues and friends, the National Speakers Association. That's in the water cooler system there, that you absolutely have to have a book. What they didn't say, and what I'm here to tell you that my friend Dan Janelle knows and knows very well, you don't just have to have a book. You have to have the right book. You have to have a great book. 
And if you need professional help in writing that book, get the professional help. So here's how dumb I was, Dan. People say, oh, well, David, your, your book, it's got a couple of typos and a couple of mistakes in it. Sure, I didn't hire an editor. Uh, your book has like a very basic cover design. It's not even like very attractive. No, I was my own cover designer. Well, you didn't really sell a lot of copies of that self-published book. No, because I knew no, I had no idea of how Amazon worked, how book promotion worked, how book marketing worked. If I had partnered with somebody like Dan to write the book, write the correct kind of book in the correct kind of voice with the correct kind of marketing plan behind it, I shudder to think, my friend, I would be a zillionaire by now. But I think no matter what we do, the book is a launch pad and a platform builder for the thought leadership that you want to have as an executive, as a professional, as an entrepreneur. Do you absolutely have to have a book on day one? No, but I wish that I had had a good book instead of a crappy homemade self-made book. I wish that I had a good book in my arsenal way sooner than I did because it would have made everything else easier. And Dan, I think you and I might talk about this a little bit later. People don't get necessarily paid a lot from their book, but they can get paid a tremendous amount because of their book. And if you think of the book as a door opener, you think of the book as a three-dimensional in-person lead magnet, you think of the book as indisputable proof that you know what you're talking about and you can really help your target market, your client, your customer that you want to help. These things are going to be business builders and brand builders for the rest of your professional career. So building a good book sooner, I wish I had gotten that message. That's great. Thank you for being so candid about the mistakes you made in writing your first books. One of the questions that a lot of people ask me as a book coach is, how do I decide what to write about? And you sort of hinted at that, that you wrote the wrong book. How did you get the right topic and the right book idea? I wrote the book initially, my self-published books. And again, there's eight of them. And I, they're on my shelf right here. I'm looking at them. I'm kind of smiling and shaking my head going, oh, my God. I wrote the book that I thought I should write which was a kind of a generic business book. It was called Relish. Um, and it was kind of a personal development, business development, all in one. You know, take every good idea I've ever had and stick it in basically a one-man anthology. That's the best way to describe that book. Then I wrote a book because I was a jack-of-all-trades, remember? I wrote an innovation book. And then I wrote a book on sales called Sales Science. And then I wrote a book on creativity. And then I wrote a book on uh, the business side, the business version of Relish, and that was called Relish for Business. And I was throwing all kinds of spaghetti against the wall. The kind of book I should have written, Dan, to answer your question, is the kind of book that is in alignment with the kind of work that I want to do. And I know that sounds comically obvious right now to people listening, but I can't tell you how many of my clients come to me and I say, oh, I've written this book. And I want to speak, and I want to coach, and I want to consult. And I said, well, hold on. Go back to the book. I said, what's the book about? What's the title of the book? What's the branding behind the book? And they tell me. And then in the very next breath, they say, oh, but that's not what I want to speak about. <laughs> or that's not what I want to coach on. And I said, well, why would you write the book? Because someone told me I have to have a book. 
Now, again, I want to, again, give Dan all the credit in the world because there's a world of difference between writing a book and writing the book, the book that will build your business, the book that will advance your career, the book that will get you clients, the book that will build your platform and earn attention. So I got busy writing a book on every topic instead of writing the book on the topic that I should have been focused on even back in, you know, four, five, six, seven years before my traditionally published book came out. Thanks again for being so candid about the mistakes you've made and how you find uh, what you should be doing. That's really important. I'm wondering, after you wrote the book, how did that change your career? Why, how did the book help you build your business? What was the before and after picture? You mean the Do It Marketing book? The, yes. The, finally, the right book. The right book. The right book. Well, the right book was a game changer. Oh, my gosh. The right book. So we sold about 15,000 copies of the book, which for a no-name, no-brand author is really pretty good. And even still today, Dan, I consider myself a no-name, no-brand <laughs> author because, you know, let's be real, right? There's John Grisham, there's J.K. Rowling, and then there's you and me and people who work with us. Um, so if you're not J.K. Rowling, don't worry, 15,000 books is within reach if you do it the right way. That was about $18,000 of royalties because my book is a traditionally published book. I was with Amicom back then with HarperCollins now. But then I traced how much business came because of the book. And Dan, would you like to guess how much business I could track directly to people that bought the book, opted into my list, came to me, heard me speak because of the book, hired me as a coach, hired me as a mentor because of the book. You want to throw a ballpark number out? I think people would be happy to think that, say, $100,000 worth of business came from the book. Over $350,000 wow. over a three-year period directly because of the book. That's over $100,000 a year, my friends. And that wasn't my total income. That was income directly from the book. David, I bought your book. I, I want you to be my coach. David, I bought your book. I want to sign up for your program. David, I bought your book. We want to bring you in to speak for $10,000, $15,000. Fantastic. Great. So I want people to think of the book as the easy pass. It's the easy pass to credibility, visibility, and buyability. If you have the right book and you really do all the work to create a fantastic book, really good value, build a marketing plan behind the book, so that you get a lot of copies into a lot of people's hands, it will totally be a game changer for you like it was a game changer for me. So I got – here's the other thing that's very important, Dan. I know that you teach this to your clients. You have to put hooks into the book that drive back to your website. So your opt-in forms, your email capture system, you want to have the book be a list builder and a client magnet. I have over 5,000 people now, even though we sold 15,000 copies of the book. Only about 5,000 of those people, about 33%, came back to the website, picked up the companion tools, picked up the goodies. But I, I now have 5,000 people on my email list that I would have never had if I didn't put the book out there and if I didn't put related content to the book, companion tools, downloads, resources, cheat sheets, worksheets, etc. That was a huge list builder. Now, I haven't even counted because I'm not sure I even know how to track how many of those 5,000 email names who didn't tell me, oh, David, I bought your book, how many of those people 
signed up for coaching or mentorship or hired me to speak. So that's just a big, juicy bag of money with a question mark on it. That's in addition to the 350000 that I could track and that I could count. David, a lot of my clients use their books as big business cards. They have no intention of selling a 1,000 copies or as many copies as you've sold because it's hard to sell books. So can you talk to us a little bit about your marketing strategies to actually sell lots of books? And also, and I'll ask this again, how you use the book directly to get new clients who might not have bought the book, if you did use the book as a big business card. So two questions there. So I used the book as a big business card, but I used it reactively, not proactively. I did, pardon me, I did occasionally go in and if it was an association or a conference or a speaking gig, here's a strategy to use your book proactively. Don't just send someone a book, autograph the book, send a nice little note, say, hey, here's my book, maybe think about bringing me in to speak. No one's got time to read your book, even if it's good, even if it's short. Take a couple of little post-it flags. Post-it flag three or four or five sections of the book, specific pages Mm -hmm. and specific paragraphs. Put that book into an envelope to a decision maker, handwritten note, Dear Bob, I'm sending you a gift copy of my book. I've taken the liberty of flagging three or four sections that you as a leader, you as a CEO, you as a customer service vice president, you as a team lead might find especially effective for your team. Feel free to send me a quick email with your thoughts. Feel free if I can serve your group, please let me know. If you'd be open to a conversation about how to implement some of these ideas that I flagged for you in your company, I would be happy to have a short conversation with you. Make it easy to get in touch with you. Flag the book, little post-it flags, little neon flag. Don't make them feel they have to read the whole book. They're going to read three, four, five pages. They're going to read your quick note. If it resonates, they will get back with you, and that is a brilliant door-opening strategy that you can use with your book if it's the right book written in the right way for the right reason, that can certainly work, and it has worked for me. What I also do is I did a lot of book giveaways. I did a lot of book contests, and not just when the book is new. I think, Dan, that's another thing that your listeners really need to understand. This is an evergreen launch. I I was selling and promoting and using my book as a a big business card for months and months and years and years after the book launch. This really becomes an evergreen asset. You can always put a book in the mail. You can always put those post-it note flags in. You can always reach out to a big prospect, a big company, a big decision maker, or a big conference that you want to have hire you. Use that strategy forever. It's like, well, should I just send one email? No. Should I use LinkedIn one time? No. We use LinkedIn and email all the time. You should be using your book all the time as a door opener, a lead generator, and a conversation starter. I think that's a really good, important point, that the minute you take your foot off the gas pedal of marketing is the minute your book stops selling. You can walk into any Barnes & Noble in the country, I tell my clients this all the time, and you'll see a whole section of books that were written by people of huge, huge platforms, like people like Oprah, people like former presidents, people uh, who have television shows. And they're selling in the remainder section for $3 because they're not marketing those books anymore. But as a business leader and as a thought leader, 
No one cares when your book was published. They don't care if it's a year old or two years old or five years old. They just need someone who can help them go from mess to success. And if you're that person, then they want to hire you or bring you in as a speaker or consultant. Then the book is the proof that you have to show them that you are actually that person. So thanks for bringing up that very important point that you never stop marketing. Your book is never out of date, so to speak. And, or if it is, then you can always come out with version two with the newest things, uh, which is always cool. Uh, David, can you give us a, a few more? And I love the fact you're so tactical and give us step-by-step instructions. Your book sold a lot of books at retail or on Amazon. Can you give us one tip for increasing our book sales on Amazon? Shameless, relentless, and fearless self-promotion. <laughs> can you give us an example? Oh, sure, of course. So think about, so I'm a book lover, and I think to be a really successful author, you have to love books, and you have to maybe even love your book most of all. I love reading books. I love buying books. I love just everything about books. Because of that passion and because of that drive, I had also a high degree of confidence that my audience loved books. And whether I was right or wrong, it didn't really matter, but that's what drove the passion behind the marketing campaign. So I was shameless, fearless, and relentless in sending emails before the book was ever published. The best kind of emails and the best kind of social media posts are behind the scenes. When I had my book laid out on my kitchen counter and I had it redlined, I was taking pictures. I was like, oh, guys, I'm in for a long afternoon here. I'm redlining my book. I just got it back from Amicom. Wish me luck. And hundreds of people like, oh my God, this is great. Congratulations. Hearts, thumbs up, likes, comments, encouragement. This was months, months and months and months before the book was ever going to be available. So think about things you can do before when the book was actually coming out and it was launch time. I did every possible interview with every possible media channel. I was on everyone's podcast. I was pursuing guest blogging. I was buying ads in the relevant email newsletters that go out to my target market. I was doing a joint venture launch with amazing people like Dan Janelle, who who contributed to both of my books, by the way. And by the way, whenever I talk about my book with Dan, it's never my book. It's our book. You know, I wrote 279 pages. Dan wrote one. It's still our book (laughs) that we are putting out there in the world together. So Dan emailed his list. When Dan's book comes out, I email my list because friends and experts do this for each other. Uh, I think you have to have a book launch strategy and you have to have a book launch posse. You have to have a group of like-minded executives, friends, entrepreneurs, marketers, and influencers who are willing to help you out by promoting your book. And you have to have solid relationships with these people. I mean, Dan and I have been friends for like 10, 10, 15 years, more than 15 years, actually. So this wasn't like, oh, here's a guy. I I think he can help me. Let me spam him as a stranger with a request. Hey, will you pitch my book? Will you send out my my email to your 50,000 subscribers? No, please don't do that. But look at the people that have influence, no matter how big or small their list is, and make them partners in your launch. That's the during. Third part of this is the after. And to me, the after is that evergreen launch formula I woke up every single day, week after week, month after month, year after year, with one question on top of mind. What do I need to do today to sell more books? 
And I'll tell you, well, why is that? You know, aren't you a consultant? Don't you have a business? Like, why do you have time to wake up and say, what do I need to do to sell more books? The realization I came to, Dan, is everything that I should be and could be doing to promote the book was the exact same set of activities that I should be and could be doing every day to promote my business. So you have to build the business around the book. You have to build the book around the business. So it is in complete alignment. And I knew that when people bought the book, they were more likely to hire me. When they were more likely to hire me, they were also more likely to buy books. Some people bought books in bulk. Some people bought books for their company. I had My book had birthday parties. So my book's birthday, by the way, is June 5th, 2013. <laughs> we did a big relaunch on June 5th, 2014. June 5th, 2015. And yes, I even did it a third time. I figured three years is enough and people are getting sick and tired of hearing this by now. But on June 5th, 2016, the book had a third birthday party. And I had fun with it. I said, take a picture of the book eating a cupcake. Take a, you take a picture of yourself singing happy birthday to the book. And as silly and ridiculous as that is, because Dan and I are not people, if we receive that message, trust me, Dan Janelle's not singing to a book. And David <laughs> Newman's not making a cupcake and putting it in front of someone else's book. But remember, we are not our audience. I got videos. I got photos. I got social media posts of people having a birthday party for the book, singing happy birthday, putting out cupcakes and brownies and bagels with candles in them, and they had a great time. I then was able to share that, repost that, and then the book sales just kept on coming. The other thing I would recommend for both before and during and after is book reviews. Book reviews, especially Amazon book reviews, if you consolidate book reviews, the one place to consolidate them is Amazon. There's 290 plus uh, book reviews on Amazon. This is called social proof. You don't want to do a big book launch and then week one, month one, oh, look, it's got four reviews. Oh, good, it's got six reviews. I would work as hard as possible to get 30 reviews, th 35-star reviews, as soon as possible, and I'll tell you why. Number one, it looks good. People are now buying a proven quantity. They know they're not making a mistake. Secondly, the Amazon recommendation engine kicks in, and when they see strong sales and strong reviews come in, it's going to automatically say, oh, you like Dan Janelle's book? Think about David Newman's book. Oh, you bought Do It Marketing? You probably like this other marketing book or this other sales book or this other social media book. You want to take full advantage of that Amazon recommendation engine so that the Amazon robots and the Amazon artificial intelligence understands that your book is in play, that your book is being bought, and that your book is being reviewed. Now, I also want to be careful here. There's a lot of scams out there. And I know Dan's written a tremendous amount about both publishing and about internet scams. There's scams out there about buying book reviews, buying likes, buying Twitter followers, all this crazy stuff. Uh, you cannot game the Amazon system. If you try and game the Amazon system, they will shut you down and they will damage your search rankings on Amazon. So, for example, you post 50 fake reviews from some third world country, all of which are five stars, all of which are one sentence or less. They're totally going to notice that. So people say, oh, I'm really upset someone gave me a two-star review. I love my two-star reviews. You know why I love my two-star reviews? Number one, people are people, right? And so some people are not going to like the book. That's great. But it shows Amazon these reviews are real. They're from lovers. They're from haters. They're from everybody. 
So I like having about a 30 to 1 ratio. I'll take 34 star and 5 star reviews for every 1 and 2 star review. I love my 1 and 2 star reviews. You know why? It's real, it's authentic, and if people hate the book, that's great. As an author and as a thought leader, if you don't risk turning some people off, you're never going to turn anybody on. Thanks for giving us the inside look on how Amazon works, and I want to uh, double up on what you just said because my book, Write Your Book in a Flash, has been out for just over a year now and has 44 reviews, and it's still in the top 20 in several different categories. So uh, it, it's in play, and it still works, and a book can still have legs on Amazon long after the initial launch. So that's what you have yeah. to uh, go for. David, as Let we me wrap share one up, more quick thing just about what, what you said about evergreen and having books that don't necessarily have to be new. I would challenge everybody, the next time you're at an airport bookstore, pick up all the books on the front table. About 80% of them will be new, and about 20% of them will be old. We're talking about four, five, six, seven years old, but they're still on the front table at Hudson News and all the airport bookstores because those authors, they want to keep those books in front of buyers. That's because those buyers hire them for expensive consulting and other jobs, which is great. David, as we wrap up, why don't you tell us a little bit more about your new book and how people can get in touch with you and how you can help them? Yes, indeed. So the new book is called Do It Speaking, 77 Instant Action Strategies to Market, Monetize, and Maximize Your Expertise. And it's all about using the power of speaking as the ultimate marketing tool and as the ultimate brand builder and platform builder. If people want to learn more about everything that we offer, the main website, of course, is doitmarketing.com. If you want to pick up some tips and ideas of how I marketed my previous book, which is the Do It Marketing book, pop over to doitmarketing.com slash book, and we have some free training, a free online masterclass waiting for you at doitmarketing.com slash webinar. Thank you, David. Thanks for listening to Top Business Leaders, the only podcast that shows you exactly how people just like you have built their businesses by writing a book. If you'd like to write your book but don't know where to start, you can find great information at writeyourbookinaflash.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll be back next week with another insightful interview to help you become a top business leader.